outdoor time in the summer so precious that people are like, oh, it's warm outside. Why am I going to go in a warm room? Right. You know, go outside and do cartwheels on the lawn. And she had a fantastic summer. Oh, my goodness. She was like, I'd like to extend my contract to partnership. And I was like, wow. oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Moves, a podcast by Punch Pass. On our show, we have wholehearted conversations with fitness and yoga studio owners to learn more about the unique ways they run their business and inspiring ways they live their lives. I'm your host, Claire. I ran a thriving yoga studio for eight years and have been part of the Punch Pass team for almost as long. We have so much to learn from each other. Let's jump right in. So thank you so much for joining us today. Can you just start off by introducing yourself and telling us what you do? I am happy to. Thanks for having me. My name is Stephanie Justine and I live in North Central Vermont and I own a fitness, dance and Pilates studio in Stowe called Studio 108. Beautiful. And one of the things I realized when I was researching this particular episode of our podcast is, and I don't know if you know this actually, is you are actually our second longest running client. At Punch Pass. Oh I know. I knew I was like in the grandfather category, but wow, that's, I'm, I'm honored to be in that spot. It's really cool. So you've been with us for over eight years now, not quite for as long as you've been in business, but pretty close. So it seems like a good oh. opportunity to talk about where you got started and what led to you kind of going down this road. So I opened a studio in September of 2010. I actually opened it on my birthday. I had a big opening party and it was this very small studio with a really nice but small dance floor and one very small space for one Pilates machine. And it was wonderful. And I operated there for about two years with cash and paper punch cards. I mean, it was pretty bare bones and... Since I was doing everything, I thought that was enough to handle. It was good until about 22 months in, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to expand and to go into the space that was adjacent to the space that I already had, which would more than quadruple the size of the business, brick and mortar. And I took a huge loan out. I jumped into the lake with two feet and I said, I have to do something else. This is, this is crazy. I have to take credit cards. I have to have things not on paper in a recipe card box. I mean, that's really what I was doing. So there's my dog. Hello, dog. So it's just funny because I was definitely looking. I'd been to conventions like SCW, Zumba convention in in Florida, where Mind Body was. Mm -hmm. And they were calling me and emailing me and like every other minute. (laughs) They tend to do that. They're lovely. They're Mm -hmm. lovely ladies, but I knew that that was not for me. It was not for me. It was more system than I needed. And I didn't really know what else was available and out there. And by some form of kismet, you guys contacted me. And I was like, I don't know what gods and goddesses were listening, but I need you. And 
it was just so exciting because it was the ground floor of Punch Pass. Right. And it was really different than what it is today. <laughs> I mean, it was basically just client management, right? Yeah. And, and I was so happy for that. And it was so reasonable. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's like less than $30. I can afford it and it's going to be amazing. And I could take credit cards and I'm a big girl now. And it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's really where we started out was that sort of bread and butter, basically taking your recipe yep. card box and digitizing it and making it a software, which is, yeah, where we started. It's certainly not where we are anymore, but that's always been our focus and group classes and everything else has just kind of grown out from there. So when, yeah. when you expanded, it was just you? So when I expanded, it was just me and I do have, um, a sub lessor and, uh, I have sub, a subletter who, um, has been with me since the very beginning. It's a martial arts studio. Oh, cool. And yeah, it's wicked cool. And when, when I expanded, he did too. Mm -hmm. We kind of have grown our businesses together, kind of like a brother, sister, business relationship and studio um, growth relationship, which yeah. has been tremendous. And he was willing to do the same. And he's a young business entrepreneur, much younger than I am. And so, um, but you know, it was a risk for him too. He had a young family and it meant, you know, it meant a big, uh, a big job for him too, but he grew with me. And yeah. then um, subsequently I now have a third partner in part of my space, the oldest part of my studio where I started, mm -hmm. we now converted to hot Bikram and Inferno Pilates. So I have a third partner, which is amazing. That's amazing. I saw I, that on your social media and your website, and that's super exciting. Yeah. Forgive me for that. They just that whole new website is launching at the end of December. Oh. And I just hot I now I'm so excited. It's gonna have a whole new look. And I just hired a, um, a new social media manager, which I'm oh, so grateful for. That is exciting. Yeah. So you've been doing everything to this point. Is this all, is this all you or do you outsource much of what you need to do to keep the business going? I have a marketing company that I've been using for years and she actually did the current website too, which is great. Um, it's just, it needed a refresh. Yeah. It needed new, new photos, new colors, new reflection of what's going on and what the future will be. Um, she was handling social media for a little bit and kind of in tandem with me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to someone who just does social media yeah. and let the, you know, let the carpenter make the cabinets and let the right. electrician fix the light. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things I think that everyone believes they can just do it and how hard can it be? But then to do it well, I think it is something where you need to have the expertise and understand it all, especially as you get a little bit older and, you know, things start to shift around a bit. You need to stay up to date with. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a brave new world every couple of months out there and you've got to stay on top of it. So and then you've got someone doing your website and your social media. But in terms of the day to day running of the studio, that's been you for the past 10 or so years. And that's been me. I did at various times. I've had different people helping different things. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, I had a young woman who was in a local Vermont social services program called Reach Up Here, which mm -hmm. helps mostly women actually who are trying to um, figure out their life, figure out what to do and how to make money and have a job who are kind of 
not sure of what they can offer skill-wise. They may not have the most rounded out or complete education Mm -hmm. or training. Um, And she came to me basically because she loves to dance and she was very, very young and had two young children, single young gal. And I had her doing a little bit of everything. And she was with me for a couple of years until she really did get herself on her feet. And then she moved on. I did have another person doing, helping me with like paper accounting Mm -hmm. until I got connected with you guys. And then things with punch pass really expanded pretty quickly. Um, so that I, I didn't need that paper and pencil accounting anymore. I just didn't need it. Yeah. That's brilliant. And, you know, I was done with it just totally went digital and I could print reports and hand it to my accountant to do my taxes. And that was the end of that. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And you've got a bunch of instructors who do you find them generally from people that come to the studio? Do you actively recruit? What's your process for finding the right people? So what's been really wonderful is my renting partners um, handle their own, Mm -hmm. which is great because I would not begin to want to think about who I would recruit and hire to teach martial arts or 26 and two yoga. I'm, I'm, terrible at both of those things that I did not <laughs> want to hire a teacher. No. Um, yeah, so they handle their, and they each have um, several instructors and student teachers, which is great. I have one, two, three, four other Zumba and dance instructors. And then I have one other instructor trainer who comes in on, like he's on an independent contract basis, which mm-hmm. actually also makes sense so easy. Yeah. <laughs> and he brings, he brings his own clients in. And sometimes, you know, our clients will cross the streams, you mm. know, they'll train with the other trainer or take someone else's class, but that that's all great. That's all good. Yeah. That's brilliant. And you do yeah. trainings at the studio too. Did I see that? So you're actively training other instructors. I have had so many phenomenal opportunities to host trainings, choreography sessions, to host master trainers and presenters from Zumba, from other um, dance fields, dance modalities. I've had pole star Pilates. I've had Stott Pilates instructors come in from Canada. Yeah. Dynamic. I've been so lucky. And now the education specialist for our section of the world now lives in Burlington, Vermont. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. And we're <laughs> the best of delightful. So he hosts a training at least three or four times a year in the studio, which is amazing. Um, and so Zumba corporate has kind of recognized the studio a little bit. Yep. And that's been really nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there much, I don't want to say competition because I don't like to think of it that way, but are there, (laughs) well, you know, sometimes it's competition and sometimes it's just more of the same stuff, but are there lots of other studios doing the same thing as you within the same geographic area? Are you lucky in that you guys are kind of doing your thing and you're the only one in town? It's a great question because we're our own little special little state here and it's its own little microcosm and the area that the studio is in, the town that is it, is its own like 
microcosm and a microcosm. Right. right? So there are definitely other facilities in town and there are gym style businesses and um, there are several resort hotels with their own gym facilities um, that are more spa Mm -hmm. um, or and there is a boutique cycling studio in town. There are several boutique yoga studios in town, but there are no other Pilates dance specific studios. So I feel incredibly lucky. Yeah. I have the only hot yoga facility, um, not just in town, but in like, gosh, I think it might be the only one in the county. Really? Um, I think you have to go up. I think, but this is small, so super small here, but I think you have to travel like 45 minutes or an hour to get to the next hot yoga studio, which is Burlington. That surprises Um, me. So did you identify that as a need or were you approached by the people who wanted to get it going? How did that come about then? Again, it was, I don't know why this, I feel like if I keep saying it out loud, maybe I'll manifest more of it, but um, these things just seem to keep going like this. Like I go, hmm this space is not really, I don't really need this space anymore. And I'm kind of, it's kind of like this adjunct room and we use it, we don't use it, whatever. And the hot yoga studio in town basically sold, they sold the owners, there's three owners, Mm -hmm. sold the business to the group of students who are the students, like the hardcore, we go to brick room every day, like, which I'm like, my hat is off to these people. (laughs) I agree. um, I've done one hot yoga class in my life and that was maybe one too many, but that's nothing against people that love it. You do your thing, but it ain't my thing. Do it well. Yep. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. Amy, the proprietors, um, uh, her name is Amy and and, um, we joke about it all the time. She's like, I don't Zumba. And I'm like, I don't bicker. Totally. (laughs) That's it. It's perfect. um, Yeah. We approached each other. It was just bizarrely amazing and we did it on a trial basis Mm -hmm. the summer before covid so 2019 okay and the summer i mean summer is not the best time for hot yoga because summer is so precious here yeah your time in the summer so precious that people are like oh it's warm outside why am i going to go in a warm room right you know go outside and do cartwheels on the lawn. And she had a fantastic summer. Oh my goodness. She was like, I'd like to extend my contract to partnership. And I was like, wow. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be just fine. Right? That's amazing. So, and we've been, been knocked on every wood there is. We, we just appreciate each other. We love being in business together. We managed we did it separately because our, our studio businesses operate independently, but we, we managed COVID well together Mm -hmm. and we, we did, we did well, we did the best we could. She's amazing. So I'm curious about this because I know when a lot of studio owners are starting out and maybe looking at, you know, their friends that are also teachers and they're thinking about starting a studio and getting lots of teachers in, I know sort of the low risk framework can be, you pay me $20 an hour to rent the studio and you have your own students and I have my students and we can kind of have a collective like that. I have to be honest with you, it doesn't seem to work very often. It seems like it should work, but it doesn't work. People don't buy a 10-class pass for Janie and a 10-class pass for Dave. They just don't, even though they could. 
but your three pursuits under that in that same building are completely separate. Is that right? So there, there's no crossover with the passes or the memberships? There are not. And we have managed to make that work because they really are very different entities yeah. and they are all very different modalities. Now, do you have some parents who bring their children to the youth karate classes buy Pilates passes from me? Mm-hmm. Of course I do. Great. And some of the hot yoga folks also come and take core build reformer classes. Of course they do. But because the modalities and the values attached to those modalities are different, yep. they have, um, you know, their passes for yoga. They have their session signed up for um, adult or youth uh, martial arts and so on and so forth. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's just worked out so well. But what I will say is each studio business under the umbrella, under the whole umbrella of Studio 108 operates as a collective pass for that studio. So it's not like classes with Janie and classes with right. Susan and then you have to have two punch cards. A punch card for Mansfield Martial Arts takes care of everything in that yep. class roster. And likewise with me, and likewise with hot yoga. That's brilliant. It's really an amazing thing. So what was your first modality? Were you a Zumba person? Is that where this all started? Is that where you decided you needed the studio? Yeah. And how did you get into Zumba? Are you did you did you think of yourself as someone who might get into Zumba before you got into Zumba? because I have admittedly been an aerobics and dance class junkie for as long as I can remember. Yeah. When I was a kid, I ballet and tap and um, I actually got kicked out of ballet class, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm happy to and hear it if you want to tell it. Went right to hip hop. I was <laughs> like, fine, that's it for me. I don't want to wear those shoes. Anyway. Sounds reasonable. Um, and it sounds reasonable, right? And when I was in college, I was one of the original Reebok staff instructors. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, that was me. And then after college, I moved down to Florida for just to move out of the Northeast. I was like, yeah. I'm putting myself in my convertible and I'm out of here. And I went directly, I'm going to really date myself. I went to the Candy Colby School of Aerobics in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh my goodness. And went through their training program with the thong and the socks and the thing on my head when I taught um, aerobics in Florida for years. So mm-hmm. I taught at Bally's clubs and Corey Everson clubs. And I always really loved the dance side of aerobics. And I was accused of making my classes very dancey. Um, and so when Zumba came along, I got in on one of the very early trainings, it was 2003, actually, before Zumba is what you know of it today. This is very early in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I went this goofy training for two days somewhere in Miami in a warehouse somewhere. And there were bed sheets up on the wall to cover the mess and a homemade Zumba banner. And nobody spoke much English. I think I was one of the only people that didn't just speak Spanish. Yeah. And this training and it was amazing and there were a lot of cool people there and then it sat for a while because I had 
a youngster. We moved to Vermont. I got divorced. Cha-cha-cha. And I was working in a facility in Stowe at the time, several actually, two spas and one of the larger gym-style facilities. And I went to the director, who's not a dance person at all, and I said, and Zumba was starting to get really hot. It was like mm-hmm. 2006, 2007, right? Yep. And you saw all the infomercials and the Wii game came out and everything. And the outfits. And the so I really remember the clothes. It was yeah. like that you had to wear the clothes or there was no Zumba without the outfits. Is it still like that? With the- yeah, and the little meshy mesh. And I remember it. But much cooler now. <laughs> like they're so much cooler. So like it's more, their uh, Zumba wear is more geared toward streetwear, street style. Like. Yep. Everyone wears joggers and high tops, and that's just kind of where it's evolved. So not so much, not so much neon and tassels, but a bit of a shame, um, right? But it, it had its place, and at the time, and I said, "You have to let me bring this class here." Oh, I don't know, I don't know. It's not really what we do, and I'm like, "Let me try it, please. Let yeah. me try it for a month, and if it doesn't work out." It doesn't work out. So at this point, had you seen it being very successful somewhere else or were you still just instinctively backing Zumba? So I was definitely backing Zumba. There was a presence in Burlington, Vermont, because that's the largest area here. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest, it's not the capital city, but it's the biggest city where University of Vermont is and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a large city of about 60,000 people. I've spent some time in Burlington. um, It's a beautiful city. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And I connected with like the two women, one in particular, who was kind of um, driving the Zumba bus there. Mm-hmm. So I used to go and do their events and participate in their Zumba thons and go to their master classes. And I was definitely backing the name mm-hmm. and the concept, but I knew if I had, if someone would give me the chance with it, it would take off. Yeah. And uh, it did. And I had a huge following. I was also teaching spinning and Pilates and I had a great following, tons of loyal customers um, in those classes. And without throwing anyone or any facility under the bus, I came to a crossroads where the ethics and business practices of the facility just did not meet my own ethics in how I wanted to treat customers right. and there's only so far that you can go mm-hmm. as as an employee right and so i bit the bullet i rented the space and i had my friends come and help me paint it and i ordered some zumba banners and i bought the best stereo system that i could afford which was comparatively not very good <laughs> to what i have it didn't matter and my little 36 by 18 dance floor was so packed that we fogged up the windows and you couldn't dance on the floor because it was Sweaty. soaked. Like yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome, 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 awesome. And I started with one reformer only being able to do one Pilates client at a time. Mm-hmm. And in two years, I just, I had an opportunity. And I remember I talked to two friends, one who's kind of a daredevil kind of guy. And he was like, and I'm like, what do I do? Do I, do I, he goes, Oh, go big. Why are you questioning it? (laughs) Okay. And so when I lose everything, I'll show up on my door, on your doorstep, you know, with my kid and my, you know, my SUV full of my stuff and I'll just live with you. 
my other friend who was actually the the woman who was uh, making Zumba successful in Burlington said, Stephanie, what's the worst thing that will happen? Right. And I looked at her and I said, well, that I'll fail, you know, and it won't, it won't do well and I'll fail. And, and she goes, okay. And what are you going to do the next morning? If you fail, you're going to get up and put on your pants and drive your kid to elementary school and the day will go on. And I was like, okay. Yeah. It's true. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you do it or don't do it, but just do it. Absolutely. Right? And then obviously over the eight years that you've been in the larger space, you must have been through a lot of different evolutions in terms there of- There were two times, this is pre-pandemic, had nothing to do with COVID mm. at all, where I literally sat in the middle of the dance floor with my head in my hands, like, I just don't think I can do this like this anymore. It's just, I'm- barely able to hang on. Yeah. So that was low class it's, numbers or just things, trying things that didn't work or? No excuses and no, no scapegoats, no excuses. But my personal life at the time wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. That struggle trickled down. Yeah. And once I got my head out of my rear end <laughs> and cleaned those things up and got my own personal life back on track and mm -hmm. figured out how to keep myself sane. Yeah. Everything turned around and that's when punch pass also made a huge expansion. I was able to kind of campaign out. I did a new website, which is the one you see now. Yep. Not the new, new one. <laughs> yeah. The new, new. <laughs> and, uh, and I never, I'm knocking wood again. I've never, and that's several years ago now. I feel very grateful. I haven't been in that position again, sitting in the middle of the dance floor, like, okay. So I'm, <laughs> like, I'm curious, uh, having been through similar things myself, I used to own a yoga studio. I'm a yoga teacher, just to give you some context. Okay. And I'm wondering if you feel like that was outwardly facing issues. Did you feel like you were actively doing things that made people realize things weren't quite right? Or do you feel like it was more of an energetic, I know this is a really weird thing to ask, but I'm endlessly curious about it because I've been through it too, where all of a sudden you're going through some stuff and your class sizes start to drop off, but you're still greeting everyone with a smile and you're still giving them to you exactly the same thing that you've always done, but somehow something shifts. Did it feel more like that to you or was it more that you weren't able to keep up with the practical things that kept things going? It's actually a little bit of both. Yeah. So with the latter, I think that was the driving force behind the, let's just call it what it is. It was a bit of a tailspin, yeah. right? So I definitely was giving my all or what I thought was my all, mm -hmm. the smile, the greeting, you know, leaving my soul on the dance floor, giving my clients everything every day. Mm. But when something isn't right in your in you, yeah. right? It's just not right. Mm. So I, I think people are much, now I know people are much more intuitive and much more clever clients and patrons are much more clever and aware than we give them credit for. Absolutely. And they don't want to say anything to your face. Like, Hey, you know, like we see you come in and we know you're stressed and they're never going to say that. 
they're just not going to come to class anymore. And they might even not even realize they've done that. They don't even make a conscious decision to not come. They just have a flat day and don't come next week. 1000%, Mm. 1000%. And then with, with the second issue, I definitely lost some track of things and, and it was a combination of not having the best uh, practice of keeping up with the books properly and making sure people were on track with payments and saying, oh, that's okay. You don't have a punch card. Just come to class, pay me whenever. Ah, the worst, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I was just happy that people were showing up, mm-hmm. um, that I let that slide and an amazing human being who is now my wife. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. Came to me one day and said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Everyone needs you? someone like that. Look at your, and she went in because she because punch pass was, and she goes, look at all these classes and punch pass not paid for. She yep. goes, people, hundreds of dollars. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Like that sorted itself out quickly. Yeah. Um, and I felt like maybe I got the lesson a little late and a little hard, but I sure got it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously yeah. have your clients that are very loyal and I could tell by looking at your website and your Facebook page, they absolutely adore you and, and you specifically which is fantastic. Do you open up to them? Are you, what, how do you feel, how much do you think they know about who you are? How much do you bring into your classes of yourself? I think my most long-term clients certainly know what's happened um, in my life, Mm -hmm. not because I shared every explicit detail, but I think it's really hard not to know those people in your circle, whether they're instructors, mentors, teachers, students, like especially women, women definitely share things. Mm-hmm. We use self-deprecating humor a lot, or <laughs> I do. Yeah. When I'm teaching, I think it, you know, it breaks the ice, it levels the playing field. Um, my private clients, I have allowed my private clients to use their session if they need it to also release and get rid of anything that's weighing on them emotionally. And so I think anything that I've shared has been because they've genuinely wanted to know. I don't, I want to, I want to say that the most nitty gritty stuff and the most delicate and difficult stuff, I definitely did not share. It was just too too nitty gritty. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a there's a line where you can share and then where things get they get uncom it's almost uncomfortable. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think in general, my most long term clients and students definitely know my story. Yeah. And they've seen they've seen me kind of struggle through to where I am now and be able to reap the rewards of all that hard work. I think they feel proud of being a part of that journey, which I'm so grateful for. I thank my clients all the time, every day. I'll say, you know, you've been so loyal and 
so steadfast and I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. Yeah. So we talked about before about how neither of us are hot yoga people, but obviously you're passionate about Zumba. So how do you get people in the door? Because I'm sure there's so many people out there, myself included, who wouldn't think of themselves as a Zumba person either. I feel lucky to have come up through the channels with Zumba from the earlier days. And so I absolutely still have Zumba students that I've had the entire time here. Mm -hmm. And it never fails to amaze me how my Zumba roster of clients keeps renewing itself. Yeah. Um, Amazingly, amazingly, I don't know how this is, but there are still people in this world that I get not having tried Zumba or, or, you know, uh, being a Zumba person, Mm -hmm. but not ever heard of it. Come on. Really? Like, but really, I swear to God. So there are still people who are like, what's a Zumba class? Zumba. And I love when they call it. Oh, that's always fun. Oh, it's so funny. So it absolutely still occurs here. And what's really amazing is in this funky little hamlet of ours here, we have always had, and now especially in the last five years and definitely the last 18 months, have had an influx of people move in here from New York, Boston, Chicago, Miami. They're coming from urban areas. They're buying beautiful homes, putting their children in the schools here. And they want city quality exercise facilities, trainers, classes, and they want things they recognize. Right. They want pure water. They want Zumba. They want Barry's boot camp. They want Orange Theory. Like they want those brands. They mm-hmm. want that no that known fitness. And they can get some of that in Burlington. I definitely have Zumba and I have recognizable contemporary Pilates. And I also teach uh, booty kicker bar classes. So that's a recognized modality. And, and when they see that and they come into the studio and they see that it's not, you know, I think people that come here, whether they're visitors or whether they're moving here, they expect everything to be on a very low level. They expect things to be, you know, oh, it can't possibly be as good as my studio and blah, 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 right? And they come in and they see that it's a beautiful studio with an incredible dance floor. And I have Stott Pilates equipment and, you know, I have a a full facility. I think that gets them in the door. And then the quality, the quality of the classes, the quality of the instructors, staying current, staying um, relevant, keeps them there. Yeah. Um, so with, with Zumba in particular, do I market for Zumba? Sure. But I think the clientele just kind of keeps feeding into itself, mm-hmm. which is great. And yeah. I do have, I'm telling you, I've got people who have been taking Zumba with me for 13, 14 years. That's a long time. That is a long time. So what happens when someone's been taking Zumba for 13, 14 years? Are the classes always different? Do you put your own spin on them? Or is the routine what keeps them going? There's a formula for Zumba, which is not such a secret. It's that each song has its own choreography Mm -hmm. and it's 
same choreography for that song every time the song is played in the class. So anywhere you go. Um, so people coming from New York hear the first bars of that song kick in and they know exactly what's going to happen next. Not necessarily. No, okay. Sometimes that happens, but there is choreography that's given to you. Mm -hmm. um, should you to utilize it? There are also instructors like myself who are dancers and who are good choreographers. Mm -hmm. And so I love doing my own choreo, but at least in the scope of my class and what I require of my instructors is if someone in the studio has done a track, that's who's doing that track. Oh, cool. And if you're teaching your class, you want to teach that track, you're going to teach the choreography that was done for that track. So it keeps it consistent. Yeah. But the great thing is, is there's always new tracks being added to class. Mm -hmm. There's always new music. Zumba has evolved so that they, if you're going to be true to the formula and true to the corporate um, standard for a class, which many instructors don't do, mm. again, no harm, no foul. I was going to um, say, that, and that's okay. But, it's not like Bikram where if you deviate, I don't know what they do to you. I don't even want to think about it, but you, you're allowed to deviate. <laughs> the idea is you put your own spin on things. I mean, you can deviate in that you can formulate your own choreography, formulate your own set list, cool. things like that. But my, my friend who's the uh, Zumba education specialist and I joke about this all the time where, you know, is it a real Zumba class that incorporates the rhythms it should and where the instructor is cueing properly and mm -hmm. involving the whole class and not, you know, dancing like they're on a Broadway stage. We call that in the business, we call that Fumba because it's Fumba. Fake. Fake. <laughs> Very nice. I like it. Interesting jargon, right? But it makes it makes sense when you take a class from someone in Vermont and then you take a class in, from someone in New York, mm -hmm. even if there are entirely different tracks, even if it's an entirely different playlist, which it most likely will be, but the core steps for the different rhythms are the same. So you can combine them in different ways as mm -hmm. the teacher and create the choreography for the song, but salsa steps are salsa steps. Right. And merengue steps are merengue steps and bonger steps are bonger steps so that people start to recognize, oh, okay, I don't really know what this rhythm is, but it sort of sounds like something my instructor does at home and I'm going to get this, no problem. So they get that I'm rush good. of being in the flow and being in the moment and, and feeling like it's all coming together. That's, got it. That's cool. And so what happens when I'm a beginner and I come to a Zumba class? You come. Something in that class is going to make total and complete sense to you, even as a total newbie, mm -hmm. even if it's just step touch, right? Yep. Or clapping to the feet or whatever. And that's going to make sense to you. And you will turn off your nervousness and your brain mm -hmm. and you will just be the moment with it. And then most likely something or maybe more than one something will not make sense to you. You'll be like, I don't even understand that rhythm. That is nothing that I've heard before. I don't understand how they're moving their feet, what's going on. And that's okay mm -hmm. because there are, there are no mistakes. There's choreography to follow and timing to follow, but no one ever gets it perfectly right the whole time. Right. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. 
And the cool thing is, is that when those tracks are repeated the next class or two weeks later or a month later or yeah. four years later, if we pull an oldie out, you'll be like, oh, yeah. And the feet go like this and yeah. it comes back. Yeah. The more you do it, the better it gets. It's an amazing sure. feeling. It, it, and I can just imagine how it keeps people coming back for more. And it's yeah. so fun. Like, yeah. you got to be able to have some fun. Absolutely. I just want to touch on the last 18 months a little bit. We don't like to focus on them too heavily, but I am a little bit curious because I know you've been teaching some of your sessions online. Are you specifically, have you been teaching Zumba online? I didn't see. Does that work as an online? Oh, yeah. Yes. So um, the world here shut down, to think for a second. I went to a Zumba Academy in New York on March 7th mm-hmm. that weekend. And 10 days later, I think it was around the 17th or 18th, the world shut down here. Yeah. And within three days, I was online. Brilliant. It was brilliant, but it was a hot mess. (laughs) It's a hot mess. It was a lot. I had no idea how to do sound that while through Zumba, uh, through Zoom, I had no idea how to charge people. I had no idea that I needed a webcam. I had no clue. So I just yep. turned on Zoom and turned my stereo on loud and just danced and yep. hope people got it. And within very short order, I had webcams and ring lights and plugins and a new Mac and a big screen to see everybody. And Zumba, Zumba, uh, Matt Pilates, because I, you know, I was home. I mm-hmm. couldn't even go into the studio. Yet. Wow. And so the whole top floor of our house was studio. Mm-hmm. And the whole bottom floor of the house was my wife trying to be in court hearings oh for goodness. children social service oh, programs wow. here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was a nightmare, but we made it work. Yeah. And, you know. Just, it was crazy. So I was very grateful when two things happened. One, when Punch Pass got their act together real quick. It was quick. It was quick. Yeah. Let me tell you, it integrated. I was so grateful because at the very beginning, um, it was the decision of what to use. Mm -hmm. What do I use? I think my first online session on I think I did it on Skype, yeah. actually, which was a it was a disaster. I don't know what happened to um, Skype. There's a story there somewhere, but somehow Zoom rose up. It was just like Skype wasn't set up for that. No, um, and in the beginning, Zoom wasn't either. Zoom has mm. really improved, but PunchPass integrated Zoom, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus! Like this is great. <laughs> and they integrated the payment system, and I was like. And it's the same payment system as the studio. And now the whole thing's <laughs> together. Oh, right? yeah. like, I was so happy. You, you guys doing that not only changed the game for virtual and COVID fitness, mm. but you changed, you changed the game for me in the studio forever. Yeah. Game Cause changer. you're still doing them, and aren't you? You've still got the online classes oh, rolling. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And now there are some things I don't teach online. Obviously mm-hmm. I don't teach. I don't reformer sessions online because right. it's just too although I now have two clients who are in Boston for the winter who have reformers who are like yeah. we want to turn into virtually I'm like okay great fair enough 
but fair enough, right? So my weight training classes, my Zumba and Zumba toning classes are online. My bar classes are all online. My mom, who's going to be 82, every Zoom class I teach, she does it from her apartment. That's brilliant. Her yeah. little phone with her Zumba toning sticks and her little countertop as That's her bar. Fantastic. I, it has been so worthwhile to maintain virtual hybrid classes because yep. everything I teach, I, still, I teach live as well. Right. Because there are people who need it. Yeah. They won't make a class because they have three kids under the age of seven. And every time they try to get out the door to go to class in the studio, they get held of up. Of course. Yeah. But if you throw the kids in the playroom for 45 minutes and take yep. a bar class, they'll do it in their living room in their sweatpants and who cares? And you drop that perfection they, level too. It just really drops the level, I think, of exercise and it just blurs it into the day. And that's the, one of the things I really love about what's happened is you don't have to make this big deal about putting your fancy pants on and getting out the door and, oh, my goodness, here I go. It's like, yeah, one minute you're doing the dishes, the next minute you're exercising, the next minute you're playing with your kids. I mean, I think that's been one of the real bonuses of this. It just is part of the fabric of your day. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I have the, you know, we joke about it, like this thing about, you know, put your camera on, put your camera on. I'm like, you don't got to put your camera no. on in my class if you don't want. You might be doing this class in your underpants. Absolutely. Or in, okay. in a house that you're not proud of or. Yeah. Yeah. I could care less. As long as you can see me yeah. and you can hear me, hear the music. We're good to go. Yeah. It's all good. And it's a support so system for has, people too. Like the talks before and after we found have been so important to people. That connection, the stuff that comes out is just amazing. For some people, huge. that's all they've had. Steph, I really yep. love talking to a- you and I could talk to you for like hours, but we do have to wrap it up now. But it's been an absolute gift. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great. If you'd like to learn more about any of the guests that we featured on the show or about Punch Pass, you can head to our website at punchpass.com.